0: Welcome to Sound of Symphony, I'm Magnus Nordlander, and I'm Tobias Nyholm, I'm Ryan Weaver,
1: and I'm Jared Farish, uh,
0: and this I believe is our um, our 11th episode, depending on how you count as the, uh, the recently released special episode from, from SymphonyCon. Um, so, what have you guys been up to since since the last regular episode? We all know what happened at SymphonyCon. If you were there,
2: uh, since the last regular episode, I, I've been preparing for SymphonyCon and like doing my very best to enjoy that
3: week in Paris. Yeah, I've been I've been um, recovering from being sick. I don't think it's possible to go to a conference uh, like SymphonyCon and not get sick either during or afterwards.
0: Amazingly, I managed to not get sick this time. I usually always get sick at conferences, but not this time.
3: Yeah, that actually is amazing. Considering yeah. I saw you out at at four a.m. <laughs> on several occasions. <laughs> you know, speaking speaking of that, uh, do you Magnus and Tobias remember last year's SymphonyCon? We brought our friend Morgan with us. She's a redhead.
0: Yes, yes, I do.
3: Yeah, so she—I sh- just saw her the last few days, and she remembered all of you and and other additional people, like by name. She was like, "Oh yeah, Whoa. Magnus, I remember Magnus. Oh yeah, Tobias," and I just had to bring this up because Tobias, you left quite the impression as just the quintessential gentleman, and <laughs> and I think that she was right on about that. But but you left a special impression with her.
2: Uh, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that you say that. I mean, <laughs> do, do, do I really look like a gentleman?
3: Yeah, I think you do. I yeah, mean, just at, the, at part, the conference. Yeah, yeah at at oh. the conference I, I think Liana remembered one of your shirts, uh your button-up shirts like the inside collar was sort of this floral design. <laughs> yeah, very stylish. Oh, thank you.
1: Making yeah. impressions. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, more than just a programmer and a host <laughs> on a podcast.
0: If if that is at all possible to make more of an impression than as a podcaster host. I mean, that's uh that's <laughs> So, Jared, what you've what you been up to? You missed SymphonyCon.
1: Yeah, yes, I did. Um, I was hoping to be there, but, you know, world events and everything. Um, yeah. So, uh, I was thinking about y'all. I was wondering if you guys are having a good time. Um, I think I sent an email to you thinking it was already over, and you guys were like, no, we're like halfway through, and I'm like, how in the world is it still... Yeah, kind of I like, I, like I, I, after, yeah.
0: I remember that. Jer- you, you were actually sending sending uh, an email while Ryan was on stage, so oh, yeah. I emailed back a picture.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so um, Ryan, you had, you had a kind of big part of the in, in SymphonyCon. You were like, you you were on stage more than four or five times, weren't you?
3: Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was on stage an inappropriate amount of times, <laughs> along with Jeremy. Yeah. So yeah, that that was that was cool for me, and and there. I don't know when they're going to release the videos. We talked about this in the last podcast too, about symphony con, but um, uh, you know, the two talks I gave, I was pretty excited about and, and it gets me even more excited for the future of symphony um, because of the, the two talks I gave were about guard and micro symphony or microkernel or whatever you call it and and those were things that were just basically invented during the last six months so it's cool to go to the conference give those talks like there's so much energy and it just makes you like wonder like what are the next six months going to bring in symphony or just php or technology in general
0: yeah it moves pretty fast that's uh it's sometimes sometimes hard to keep up i mean it's it's a good thing that i have this as a full-time job because it would be difficult to keep up otherwise uh, podcasting as a full-time job? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, that's what that's what I that's my profession. Uh coding is just my hobby. No. Uh Ah, yeah. <laughs>
1: you want to talk about dirty money?
0: Somebody's got some. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Sound a symphony dirty money. Oh, yeah. This is uh, quite a uh, I mean, you know the media, you you, you can see that trump's made it, made it good in with with this media money. Uh so obviously uh, uh Are you
1: uh are you magnus.com?
0: Sadly no, sadly no. Uh, that's been that that was taken before I started registering domains. So in um, in this episode, the
2: eleventh episode, we're gonna talk about what?
0: Well, Ryan had an excellent idea. So um, basically, the the
3: theme for this episode is gonna be Symphony Three. But but like but like not Symphony Three, but but yes <laughs> Symphony Three. Cause it right it seems like an obvious choice like symphony three uh, let's talk about like what that is um, but it's almost wait for it what happens beyond symphony three yes mm. so so basically like you know what what's the future gonna look like and why and yeah I have some kind of questions for you guys on that because i'm I'm actually re- really curious what other people um think of when they think of symphony three or Symphony four expectations all that
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah because that was something that that uh, Fabian announced during his uh, his keynote presentation he announced Symphony 4 and it was um, the I, I, let's just put it this way I wasn't overwhelmed by the announcement but, uh, <laughs> no it's it's fine
3: <laughs> you're like oh my god I thought we were gonna skip to five we're yeah exactly four. because. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's Symphony has a different strategy when it comes to, to to versions than say, say when Apple releases a new version of their operating system. It's all, it, it's all focus on all of these new features. We're gonna we're gonna deliver all of these new features, and it's gonna be awesome. And when Fabian releases a new version of Symphony, and it, he's done this now with both Symphony Three and Symphony Four. It's just yes, we're gonna release it on this date, and it's. Uh, I don't really know what's going to be in it, but it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how do you feel about that? I mean, is it a good thing or do
2: you want a new shiny thing? Do you want a new Symphony 2? Um, because Symphony 2 was a complete rewrite of the framework and it had a lot of great features. Do you want it to be like an Apple form of a release or do you want it to be um, oh, like like Fabian's uh, uh, talk yesterday said four it's gonna be in November 2017
0: well to put it this way if if the I mean I don't know who would be doing this if it would be Fabian coding on us on, on on his nights again if someone were able to, to, to make a, a, a new major release that um, delights me and um, and surprises me very much uh, sure that that would be fun. But, and I mean, at the same time, that's not really how open source projects work. So, given the circumstances, no, I would prefer this. But I mean, in the best of worlds, and I'm, I'm I'm still really, going from Symphony One to Symphony Two was quite a big step. It was I would characterize it as a revolution. Uh, not just it's not evolution. just uh evolution, it's a revolution. Yeah. Um I'm not sure how that could happen again. Um I, I don't think it should happen again.
2: Because then you get like Drupal five, Drupal six, Drupal seven, and Drupal eight. I mean it's pretty much it's a hard thing to migrate from one version to another. And so I mean it I mean, is. Y- you, yes. you should have this smooth migrations. You should have this deprecation
0: warning it's like four, uh, two years in the head sure but but I still like leaps of technology it's awesome when there's when there's leaps of technology um, and I mean if that was a, an option to have a, a leap of technology and to have it, unvi- uh, have it unveiled with um, uh, with a proper uh, mystery surrounding it that would be awesome I what just, are some don't, of I just the, don't think uh, that's possible
1: what are some of the leaps that that you see in the next three to five years that PHP could, I mean, what, what would they, what would you think they would be putting into that plan?
0: Well, I'll know them when I see them. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought
3: that was a great question. And that was, yeah, yeah, it sure was. Such well, I mean, that's, that's the thing. <laughs> if
0: I were able to actually, to, to actually see ahead and actually know what leap, what the leaps were, I would not be surprised and delighted by them.
3: Yes, but so 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 someone needs to see those leaps exactly. Yeah, total cap out. Yeah. So someone needs to see those leaps. So let's go back to Symphony One to Symphony Two, right? So there's two things going on. Tobias is is I think correctly uh, advocating against the the backwards compatibility breaks that we had before. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So we so we have that, but there's the second thing, which is Magnus, what you're saying, which is that that revolution. So the question is. Um, are we set up in the in our world here to be able to have those revolutions going forward? Because let's say that we did have that. Let, let's say that right now it's Symphony 1 and we have a backwards compatibility promise and, and things are kind of organized by date. Releases are organized by date so that we know Symphony 2 will be released exactly on this date. Could we have come up with the revolutionary changes that were in Symphony 2 under that... Uh, environment, You know, I'm talking about like the dependency injection container that's compiled, you know, that kind of stuff. Or would it have been more natural for us to continue like an evolutionary path, um, it, it, you know, which would have caused symphony, you know, which would have meant that we, we would not be where we are now without um, without kind of that 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 big break and that big energy and that big kind of push from from one person towards like a big surprising goal.
0: I'm not yeah. sure it's impossible but but uh, regardless of how you do it, you're still gonna have the the, the, the basic problem uh, and I do this in air quotes for everyone to see um, the basic problem with with the transition from Symphony 1 to Symphony 2 is that a lot of code had to be rewritten because of these revolutionary new concepts and sure. you're gonna have that anyway if even if you have a backwards compatibility promise,
1: were those were those revolutionary to PHP or to programming in general?
3: Good question. They're, I would I would argue to PHP. Yeah. So
1: really, I mean, in 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 my in my understanding, at least, um, that Symfony is really implementing a lot of what's already available in other languages. That's kind of you know the missing piece as far as you know uh, doing things sanely or is implementing something that's done in another language um that's done like totally differently, like the body parsers and stuff. Uh so I mean if we're if we're looking out over the landscape of programming and going, you know, what is it that we're missing in in PHP or in Symphony? Yeah. Uh what are those things that we would anticipate would For, make f- up?
0: I'm gonna I'm going to ask you a question. But first of all, I would say that Symphony popularized in PHP some concepts which were available in other languages, but not necessarily popular.
2: No, oh, okay. no, I, I don't agree with you there, Magnus. Say, the things that Symfony have done is not a revolution of programming, but maybe a revolution of PHP. Sure, sure. Say dependency uh, yeah. injection, say the composer. I mean, those are tools that have been on concepts that had been around in other languages for ages. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 they have been yeah. around, but they haven't necessarily been popular in those languages.
2: Okay, so now I strongly disagree. And anyhow, I believe if we're going to look forward to the next evolutionary step and the things that Symfony 4 might bring, we should take a, a broader perspective and look, what does Java do? What does C Sharp do? I mean, can we take something from them and bring it PHP? And that's when you get surprised and amazed with the next uh, version of Symfony.
1: Well, I mean, you know, one of the things that, that uh, Symphony didn't have until recently that you would hear other people kind of say, you know, we're the only ones that don't have it was auto wiring. And doesn't Symphony 3 include auto wiring?
2: Yes, it does. Symphony yeah. 2.8, yes.
1: So, I mean, aren't there like, aren't, you know, shouldn't there be like a wish list of, hey, these are the things that we see in other languages that, you know, is unnecessarily difficult and pr- and symphony or in, or in php because uh you know are we making a php 8 wish list or are we making a symphony wish list so um what are the things we we talked extensively in the last in, in the last uh podcast about one thing that we would like to see change but we don't know if it's even possible and that was the issue magnus that you were talking about yeah yeah, yeah the, the
0: property uh, uh, to, to get yeah, to the real properties career. yeah
1: right um and and those are all great things and i think um, I, I, uh, Ryan, am I jumping ahead on your no man, on your go topic go about the road it. the roadmap stuff? Um, you know, having a roadmap, not having a roadmap, like a a published accepted roadmap, I guess. Um, it it does make it an interesting uh, thing. Like, okay, how do things get added to Symphony? And they get added whenever there's enough popular momentum to make them. You know, somebody takes it on and, um, uh, so you know whenever you have uh whenever you have something added to symphony or even php uh for that matter since there isn't i don't think there's technically a roadmap in php um, then you know it on on the one hand having a roadmap is good because you know what you're going to be working on you can put effort towards it and you can plan for it but also as things change and you know the internet is rapidly evolving so you know, it takes away some of your nimbleness to be able to say, "Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna, actually have a have a plan and work against that plan." Because then everything that gets worked on has to be part of that plan, and um, especially when you have, a, you have a large number of contributors that aren't controlled by a single group of people. Yeah, you know, it, it, it is it the right thing to have? Uh, you know, the more rigid you become you get certain benefits you know having a plan means that you can have corporations you know uh, Microsoft has a plan because their corporations that they write their software for require them to have um, 10-15 year uh, support models right yeah so um, is that something that we should do you know as a a symphony so that we can make more of a play into that market but does that change how things actually get uh, worked uh, I, I, by the I, core developers.
2: I believe if you're going to have a plan, you have to have one st- one that decides the plan, one who makes the final calls on one who like ah, an organization or corporation. Yeah, and I that in a sense, right. right, you know. And
1: that's Sensio and
0: Fabian. Yeah, but someone yeah. with, with actual resources to put to development to actually follow that plan. And that's where a company right. like yeah. Microsoft actually, I mean, they have their own developers who actually work on their products. And they get settled. Well, they, they have yeah.
1: they have business needs as well. You know, they're saying, "Hey, we're we need to develop this because our customers are requiring this." And so they, you know, they they have people that actually work on modeling, like how wh- where are they going to go with the product, and um, um, and I know with uh, it uh, with um, Atlassian, for instance, we had uh, Jira and, and Confluence servers, and you know they had roadmaps and they had all because that's what all software is about, right? Um, yeah. And it would be really frustrating because they'd have something on the roadmap that you really wanted, and all of a sudden it'd be taken off, and you'd be like, "Wait, hold on a second, <laughs> I wanted this. You can't take this
2: off." Yeah. yeah. So should we should we take things from the beginning? Can you guys tell me how how does Symphony do? How does it work in the Symphony community?
3: Yeah. So the quick summary of that would be. Uh, I think that Symphony is on the far end of things, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I want to be perfectly objective about that because it works well, where there is no roadmap and it's completely time-based. And um, and as we were talking about earlier, it means we don't really know what's happening um, for any version, but we know exactly when that version is going to be released.
2: Yeah. So Symphony three point one is going to be released in May, right? Or is it? Yeah, May. Yeah. Yeah, in, uh, in six months and. And you have no idea what's to be included.
3: Yeah, I mean, in theory, maybe nothing, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, hopefully that's not the case, but right? If no one adds anything, you know, if there's aren't like pull requests from the community, then, then nothing will get added. And I think to, Jared, you brought up a really interesting point of view and, and it reminds me a bit of what happens in the Drupal community. So, uh, you know, I, I only know the Drupal community a little bit, so I might be misrepresenting this, but they have, um, oh, what do they call them? Uh, oh, I think they're just called initiatives uh, for the releases. So they'll say, hey, here are 10 initiatives. And I'm not totally clear on how they decide those initiatives, but that's kind of like uh, having a roadmap. And then once they have that, yes, they they do have that awkwardness of, oh, hey, we have an initiative, but we have volunteers. So, you know, we can't pay them to work on this, but we have sort of agreed that we should work on this. So there's that kind of friction between this is supposed to get done, but you're all volunteers. But they are able to i think in theory or at least it opens it up to the possibility of um, getting some corporate sponsorship from a company if a company finds that initiative important so that's kind of a side thing of the um um, having the um, kind of plan of what you're going to work on that that you just made me think of jared that i hadn't really thought of you know it's like if hey you Mm -hmm. know symphony for symphony four we're really going to Uh, add these very like core restful features to the framework then all of a sudden maybe you're able to get two or three companies that say that's really important to our business so we would like to donate money or donate uh, you know one day a week of one of our programmers to just work on that which is that's kind of interesting right yeah so you know
0: oh sorry go ahead that would be from basically a marketing standpoint because these companies finding these features really important could just as easily today just to have a programmer working one day a week on it, and it would be accepted into. I mean, usually it won't be rejected into into symphony if uh, unless there's something wrong with it.
3: Yeah, you're totally right. Like marketing standpoint, and, and Drupal does that well when you open an issue or, or kind of like make a code contribution you're able to attribute um, so this is a total like side topic but but it, I think it's interesting you're able to attribute um, your uh, whatever you're doing to yourself but also a company so you know I could say like I'm Ryan Weaver and I did this patch but I really did it on like this company's time so I want them to get credit and some, some marketing like you said Magnus for for kind of contributing to the core of some software yeah
1: and, and I think that also you know if you have people from big com- big companies like facebook and and uh you know Spotify or whatnot and they're willing to put themselves out there saying that they're that their their own developers are also uh contributing source source code I think that goes to the you know twelve year old developing your your framework you know baloney that you hear a lot of times about open source uh projects. Oh, yeah, giving it more
3: legitimacy. Yeah.
1: Well, I I don't think that we need that. I think that we need to delegitimize the 12-year-old writing your your framework argument because that's not what's going on.
0: No, exactly. Um, But to sort of bring the discussion around a little and to answer your question from way, way back um, (laughs) about what's going on in other technologies that might possibly be a... um, a revolution in the future of PHP. Um, I'm looking yes. basically towards um, more functional programming and more multi-threading. Which functional programming is completely possible in PHP today. I mean, that's it's just a little bit awkward with the syntax, but it's been getting better with uh, with closures and um, there's a short closure syntax as well, I believe. Uh, really i reckon i'm reading something about it. maybe that was in hack though i don't i'm not sure but but at least it's been it, it, that's that's been getting better threading has not been getting better in php really at all um mm-hmm. but compared to a language like say scala which has uh, the actor model really conveniently built into it um that's something which could be a really huge deal, but that's going to take a lot of buy-in at the language level, and I don't see that happening in, in the next three to five years at least, definitely not.
3: But there are other ways to solve that solve that problem in a sense. I was thinking the exact same thing, so I was glad you brought up like multi-threading, uh, which I think is also another way to describe just the process of just having, right, just, just asynchronous event-driven things yeah. happening. Yeah. So if you take out, like, if, if, if you take out multi-threading and you replace it with more, you know, cues, um, that kind of thing, then all of a sudden you, you do see the opportunity um, for something you know, like a framework, like a symphony framework, to take, like, a big leap forward and really kind of make the, the sort of asynchronous queuing or, or something along those lines um, kind of a first-class citizen.
0: Yes, um, the big difference, really, that I would put between using something something like the actor model, and using something like queues, is that once you put a job on a queue, that job can't really talk back to the main process anymore. Whereas if you have a if you have an actor model, um, all of your threads keep talking to each other. Yeah. So that would be the big difference now. Something I- isn't like that the, the
2: difference between asynchronous programming and synchronous programming?
0: Well, it's not necessarily synchronous if you're doing it in multiple threads. If you have a, a multi-core system, it's not going to be synchronous. Right. Um, I mean that's the whole point, right? Exactly. Um, but uh, then again, I mean, actually getting back results from from a uh, from a queue is going to b- be a delay, and that doesn't fit very well with the web. Still, yeah.
2: Does, does the web need threading? That's a good question. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the only thing you want to do is like take a response and quickly return a response. If you're going to do some hardware computation, you
0: just do that in a background thread, or you just put it on a queue and do it later. I, th- I would think if we're looking at the web in if we're taking a bigger picture look, not just looking at at um, HTTP 1.1, I think <laughs> that the web definitely could use something like like a uh, a real messaging model with a real um, multi-threaded um, backend. Because once you're on a page today, that's not necessarily the end of the requests to the server. Huh. You you do use something like WebSockets. You use um, Possibly web workers on the client side. Um, there's all of these technologies that are aiming to keeping a session open with the server between the server and the client. If you're creating a um, a big Angular front, and you you might as well just keep an open connection using WebSockets to your to your server. And in those sort of situations, um, having a a long running thread that does a lot of computation. Um, might make sense because then it can report back directly to the client. So that's really, it's a, it's really a big architectural thing. But we've been going, l- like you said, the web today is request response. But we've been going more towards a traditional model view controller um, separation in the web where the entire view layer is in JavaScript. And you communicate with the view layer using... Uh, using something like JSON and possibly WebSockets. And if we're going towards that model, yes, the web does need threading. So we talked
2: about evolution or revolution in, in language PHP, and now we like talked about in, now, in the bigger picture... Now we've gone picture, to revolution and in the I would like to go yeah, to yeah. The, this, this smaller picture. I mean, we don't, <laughs> yeah. have <to> change, <laughs> don't have to change the language, don't have to change the protocols we're using. Uh, recent evolution is, for instance, Blackfire I.O you can easily profile your code, or a, a um, PHP CS fixer. I mean, that's those sort of tools does also make our life better as a programmer. And other languages, say C Sharp, has have those tools f- tools for ages. So my question again is, what other tools that C Sharp and Java have, and maybe Node have, that we don't have yet?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think we need to be looking at not just the languages like C Sharp, because y- uh, symphony I see symphony is pushing like the c sharp and java um mentalities I think a little bit more than they do some of the others but there's other languages especially javascript node go um python like what are those languages doing that we're not doing that we really could be doing like uh you know single page applications are difficult because we we don't have the ability to do um uh APIs, um, the way that we would like to do them, maybe, for instance, right. So, uh, but also, Tobias, what you were saying, you know, we're talking a lot about PHP, but we're not necessarily talking a lot about Symfony. Yeah, yeah. Like, are 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 the limitations to Symfony limitations to
2: PHP?
3: Not necessarily. I mean, yeah, they will will be in some cases, but not always. Yeah, yeah. But it's
2: a great, great set of tools that is not limited by PHP. I mean, th- thing, if I give you a concept, I talked to some guys at the research gate, uh, and they don't consider a page like like one component. Like, sorry, they don't consider a page like one component. They consider they have different components on all pages, and they use a smart way to sharing those comp- the back end of those components on the server. So they don't, uh, you, you get what I'm, I'm grasping at? They use a lot of like ESI or internal ESI. Oh, okay. for, forgive me if I'm explaining this in an in incorrect way. But it's, it's a new concept that I've been doing for Java for ages. I mean, I've told this thing to a Java developer, like, what? Does PHP just consider one page as one component? Do they have one controller per page?
0: That's insane. So one it's a li- one it's a li- controller it's per
1: page?
0: That's a problem that, you, that was solved in, in back in Symfony 0.7. So <laughs> Because well, basically well, Tobias, can you yeah.
1: can you exp- uh, can you try to explain it again? Because I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure so so what sorry.
2: Say, say, say that you have a, a standard page, and you probably have a, this is a profile page. You probably have a, a menu with its own controller. You probably have right. a profile picture. You have a description. You have the the things that the that user subscribes to, and you have multiple components on this page, and then you can use the multiple controllers for displaying each of those components. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're talking a about through sub requests? Are you talking about not through with individual requests for the different okay, pieces? So it gets built up. It's not sub requests
0: on an HTTP level. Uh-huh. No, but it's sub requests within Symphony.
1: Within Symphony.
0: Yeah. Um, we we've had that in Symphony two and in Symphony one that was called um, partials. Yeah, it wasn't uh, done well until. No, Symfony no, too. no. But no, but, no. It, but it, we, we we've had it for quite a while. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'll I'll make sure to explain it better in the links later. <laughs> I, I I feel like it'll really well, get I, it. yeah. I
1: think I I think I see where you're going though, um, Tobias. I think you're saying that that they're more of a first class piece instead of like a subpart of the main piece. Is that what you're saying? Like you're not dealing like you're saying you're building something and you're saying this thing exists, and it's just the way that they're all kind of put in the box and sent to the to the requester. Is it kind of a different? Yeah, 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 yeah pretty much.
2: And each of those components has its own HTML, its own CSS, and its own JavaScript.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's and that may be outside of the the Symfony and PHP realm altogether because that's kind of where front end's going. Front end is going into object oriented CSS and yeah. and um, you know everything like creating your job your your objects, you know. So um, what's the is it uh, smacks? is uh, you know a derivation of the object oriented um front end um piece i guess you know so and there's there's three different ones there's one that's kind of over everything and then there's two other ones that are kind of competing smacks and another one i can't remember but uh, but yeah it's saying hey th- this menu is its own thing and it and it should have its own pieces and everything and you should be able to build everything up
2: um because the menu is completely separated from everything, I guess. Yeah. And whatever you <coughs> use that menu, it will look the same and act the same. Right. So you can delegate that menu component to a separate team if you so like. Yeah. Um. And nobody else has to know about that component, you just include it. Uh, my point being that there is different concept, and different ideas, different tool that other languages and other developers are using that we could bring into maybe PHP and Symphony in our community.
3: So the the question is uh, who if anyone at least in the Symphony community so we'll kind of keep this focused yeah, on short, to, short. like a, a smaller piece um, who in the Symphony community is going is 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 looking for those things. Right? So if I if I asked that question 5 years ago right. uh it would be of course like Fabian in his ridiculous infinite amount of time for some reason, you know, cuz you know we also all the fabian has like seems to have 400 hours a day i think he has um, a personal time traveling device yeah <laughs> that must be it <laughs> maybe He's got maybe
1: clones he, man He's, there's like 500 of them out there
3: maybe he always had stuff but stuff was like a private thing for a while <laughs> and then he released stuff publicly so you know five years ago would have been him the question is is there anybody now that's doing this actively because um, i think Obviously, we we agree that there kind of needs to be. I mean, we, when we start discussing like how things are going to work in the future, we're talking about websockets and front end JavaScript, and, and you can realize like there's almost it's not disagreement, but but it's a it's a we're having like a very. Um, interested discussion about it because it's complicated and it's futuristic and and i honestly like a lot of the details that we're talking about i was like i need to need to go do more research on that so who is looking at that stuff if anybody um and personally like uh, you know as part of the core team i'm not sure that there always is somebody looking at that it's a little bit of uh, here and there, picking and choosing, I might look at something a little bit, one of the other core team members might look at something a little bit, some other community member might notice something over there, but by and large, I don't think that there's uh, a central force in Symphony, uh, you know, one person or like one initiative that's saying, hey, let's actually spend some time and go look out there and like, and, and really think about the, st- the way things are changing and, and what big leaps that we need to do. Um, so
1: there's no, there's no steering committee.
3: Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And the steering committee would ultimately do what, right? They would be the ones that would release this, um, this document of, of where we are going, the roadmap, if you will. Yeah. So it all goes if, back and I'm, if, it, yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, I, I was, I was just going to add that if, if you had something like that, what you would have to do is you'd have to, you'd have two different scenarios. You have the issue pushing, pushing the need or the, the 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 need somebody identifying that the need will be there and somebody doing it like saying hey we need to do this before it comes up some languages are really good at like seeing it coming and knowing that it's going to be an issue in like a year or two and it and they seem to release it right whenever it's you know right whenever the 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 hype is the best you know it's like oh they got this thing all of a sudden it seems like but there's also the hey you know we really need this and can you put it on the on the list for for, uh, um, uh, for the committee to understand if it is something we should even do to begin okay. with, and start the process of getting planned in, if it's the case, but uh, but yeah, you know, there's there's the whole problem of okay, what are we even gonna do? Are we only gonna do things that are that are things that we've identified are actual problems, or things that are emerging? That yeah, that second we one is the harder one, right? These ten things are, you know, are emerging. Which two or three of these are actually going to make it? Um, you know, so.
0: that's also. I mean, there's also an issue in in if you're trying to to go for those emerging technologies, and you choose the wrong technology, you're going to be obsolete. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure there's a ton of projects that that basically choose the wrong technology. That we never even hear of because they've already become obsolete. Oh yeah, yeah, so I guess you're right. So we're already biased to seeing the uh, the projects that make it, and even out of those, not all of them make it. So yeah, yeah. that's but going for 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 what might be the future is definitely a dangerous prospect. Right.
3: Yeah, it's it, it, it. So, but what's the answer? I mean, was wasn't dependency injection? Uh, uh, maybe this is the answer in PHP when Symphony two came out. I mean, now it seems like it was yeah. self evident, right? Of course, that's the direction we were going. But, but was that a big risk? Let me let me, let me that, rephrase.
0: That's... Let me rephrase this. What's the <laughs> question?
3: The qu- well, question. I it, well, my question was it. D- well, uh, that's hard. Well, don't don't you think I'm like leading it? Don't you think that the jump to dependency injection in Symfony two was also a a a this is a cutting edge technology at least in the PHP world that may or may not end up being the one that we use, the one that really catches on, the the one that wins in PHP. I think, what were the alternatives? I think
0: that using dependency injection, uh, having it catch on, yes having a framework that uses dependency injection be popular no i mean symphony already had had a, uh, symphony already had a market so to speak and if, if symphony had gone with dependency injection and the rest of php wor- the rest of the php framework world would not have followed i don't think that would have been a deal breaker but of course it's better for everyone that we that that Dependency Injection did make it in that sense. Um, otherwise, I mean, that would just have been one of the things that you chalk up to, this is different about this framework. They use
3: Dependency Injection,
0: whereas no one else does. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, so my, my point there is, you know, that that's one of those things that sort of needed to to come to us. It was, it sounds crazy now, because it seems obvious now, but that was somebody looking in the future there, yeah. looking, looking to other technologies as we said kind of stealing from other things but something that was a little bit a little bit out there but not crazy out there right not like something that was so cutting edge so i think there probably is a space where um if you had that planning committee they would be kind of identifying those things you know these things are kind of out there this one seems really crazy so maybe we'll let that bake for another year or so and see if it wins but there's got to be you know some other things there that that we should be looking at and aware of and kind of stealing and taking from and, and I'm going to ask, so that was just kind of a random statement, and you, know, you guys can comment on that if you want to, but, but uh, I think Jared made me think of this question a second ago, which is, um, who does this uh, pl- uh, planning well? Do you guys know of other technologies that you say, man, it always seems like Django is on top of their game, and they you know, they seem like they're moving f- uh, forward well? Do you guys know of any examples of, of technologies that plan things well for the future?
1: Well, I, you know, I think planning well is probably a loaded uh, question. Um, ones that ones that do it publicly is uh, you know what we should probably be looking at, and um, and ones that do it and tend to get it right. Um, you know, anytime you do any kind of this planning publicly, you're going to have people you're going to you're going to be upsetting. So there's always going to be people that are pissed off because their objective didn't get met um but uh if if i was to throw one in there i would put it last out there because they do a lot of their planning uh somewhat publicly so you get to see like okay they're making these decisions and they're taking it off the roadmap or they're adding it or whatnot and everything's fairly pu- published so um and and they do i mean they're not it's not difficult for them to make a controversial decision <laughs> yeah uh
0: I would say, I mean, when it comes to, I would compare two different kinds of projects. So something like, um, say, um, uh, React from from Facebook. Mm. Uh, that's an entirely new and uh, and um, that's an entirely new proposition. They have an entirely new way of doing things, and uh, it's gonna be very cutting edge. Um, that's the kind of project that if they fail, I mean, React simply won't exist anymore because no one's going to be working on it. And if, they, if they're if they successful, it's going to be a huge success because they foresaw the future. Um, and then you have other projects like, say, uh, Apple's new language, Swift, which isn't necessarily revolutionary in any sense of the words. Sometimes they add new cool features... Um, but it's not going to be anything major, really. It's not; they're not at the forefront of language, computer uh, programming language research. Um, right. So uh, I mean, they're just doing things that everyone else have been doing, and they might be doing some things better than others, and they might add some new cool, cool features, w- whatnot. But it's still a very evolutionary approach. So I don't think. That a single project can easily can can e- can easily be those both different kinds of projects at the same time.
2: Uh, true, and you asked who in the symphony community should go and look around for these changes and these new concept and these new ideas and tools and yada yada yada. I believe it's it's the community. Yeah. It's it's you and me and everybody else that have has to. Go, go and search search the world for some, some better ideas. And sure, that's the responsibility of the community. And what scares me is that at SymphonyCon we were about 1,000 people in the audience sitting and watching the, a, a keynote, and somebody asked, who here has contributed to an open source project? And only half of us raised our hands. I mean, it's also, a responsibility from the community to let other people into the community and help help others to, to contribute to the symphony core or to an
0: open source project.
1: I'd say 50% of the room was good.
0: Yeah, oh. I would say, yeah, I, I'm i not sure that's a bad number. You think? I
2: mean, if you're going to travel to Paris, I mean, you are a hardcore symphony, aren't you? That's I, 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 I believe well, that the, most the of contributing
1: us contributing to sources like everybody contributes in different ways and not I mean
2: yeah yeah I'm not talking about cont- contribute contribu- I'm not talking about committing code um, i you can okay. contribute yeah. in other ways as well oh
1: well yeah but that's what that's the question you were that was asked though who contributed code to a symphony project no to an open source project was oh, yes, open source. To any
3: open source project
1: yeah. yeah but you're asking a different question to blast you're you're saying something different
3: yeah
2: than what the question was S- sorry, uh, sorry. No, I, I wanna and
0: another question, really, is how many of the people are actually? Uh, I, I, it's going to be a high percentage, but how many of the, the attendees are actually programmers is another, oh. another question in that in that case. Um, I want to. I want
3: to. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead.
0: In any larger company, there's bound to be people non-programmers joining on
3: for, for a conference. Sure. Yeah, probably a few. But yeah. to to follow up on uh, Tobias's uh, kind of point there. About the community. So I'm going to say yes, but no, you know, because if historically, if you look in the past, like who has driven like the big revolutionary changes, like it's just, I mean, we can chalk probably 80% of them up to just like one person, right? Yeah. It's like Fabian. That being said, um, I think you need both. And if we do have this, if, a, if you have an open source project and you have this large community, you'd, you would be idiotic not to try to really harness that energy um yeah. and, and and really like sometimes when we say like oh the community is going to drive the project like i kind of go well that's kind of that's kind of a bit of bs really but because what they're going to do is they're going to they're going to find they are going to do lots of good things like find bugs and things like that it's so like lots of good things but as far as the big changes those are going to be made by a very small number of people that yeah. being said whoever that person is that makes that big change was originally just a person of the community so really you know like it's it's the community is going to do it well it's not but it, it's going to be some future fabian that was just a community member to start yeah, someone from uh, the community at the yeah released. yeah who like rises up to be special and then two years from now we go well no that, that person's not from the community that's stoff it's like yeah. well you know <laughs> where do you think stoff came from you know yeah so um but 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 on that like you know part of so the the question i want ultimately want to ask straight up is should symphony have a roadmap? yes or no that's my question number one and and that's related to your point tobias because i think that you know one of the benefits of roadmap without without um waiting your answers is that um if you have a roadmap or a process through which a roadmap is created that is a little bit of a invitation to the community to go out there and think about uh you know, emerging technologies or, or, or add their contribution. Whereas yeah. if you don't have a roadmap or don't have a process through which a roadmap is created, they might have some great idea, but there's not really a place for them to put that. So should symphony have a roadmap? Yes or no.
0: And by roadmap, I assume you mean a feature roadmap, not, not like a timetable, which it has, has currently.
3: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that, that's actually my second question, uh, which, which now I'll ask and you can answer both of them is, is if, if yes, how can you have a roadmap with a time-based release schedule? Which I think is something that we all like.
0: Yeah, I would say no, Symphony should not have a roadmap. Hmm.
2: Uh, I would say yes, they should have a roadmap for the next three months. So right now we're in a process when a version just have been released. We don't know what to do yet. But three months before the the next release, we should li- like know what
3: to do until then. Okay, so like short-term roadmap. Yes.
1: So, well, and I think that's what the timeline that was discussed is, right? Like saying, "Hey, this is what we're, what we've accepted and what we've worked on, and what we're working on." But the where we're going to be in three years isn't really known. So.
3: Well, even the timeline just says, you know, three point one is going to be released in May, but but what's going to be in it as a total. Oh, it doesn't mark? include any. Yeah. No, no, yeah, exactly. No, there's feature freezes um, and things
0: like that, but it's it's. Um it doesn't say anything about the actual content of the
3: of the release.
1: Why does Symphony do it the way it does it now?
3: The time-based? Be- because well, they, yeah. they, they... How um, did we get where can't... we are? Yeah, I know. Oh, that's such a great question. Because 2.0 took so darn long. Yeah. I... Uh, to to release because it was like we kept adding more and more features and more and more features and so 2.1 also took a really long time so there it wasn't a roadmap but there that there sort of was it, it, it it's like okay who who is your who are you bending over to who who are you kneeling to are you ultimately kneeling to a schedule like this we're deploying to there we're we're deploying to production on Friday or are you ultimately kneeling to we're deploying to production when this feature is done and there are just two competing visions of the ways to do things and i think symphony because of those early times when uh releases got pushed back six months or a year um and because of the importance of um giving businesses clarity um i think that's that is something really special to say like you're not next long-term support uh release will be released exactly on this date Uh, i think that's why they went that direction
1: um it, right, and, but, and the but reason I, I to... ask this is: it, it, is there already some institutional knowledge that informs the question of, hey, you know, do we want to do a roadmap? And you have like, you know, five angry people in the room, like, what the hell are you talking about? There's no way we're ever going to come back to that.
3: Yeah, no, yeah, there know? totally is because because um, I, I think the the problem would be exactly that. It, it, um, that's, uh, I like the way you put that. Um, has, did, why did why did we not have a roadmap in the first place? I think it's because of that. Because if you have a roadmap. Uh, then how do you also have that timed release schedule and and also again, remembering that this is an open source project, yeah. if we have a roadmap, it implies that some body has said that we will finish that by version three point three.
0: Yeah, someone yeah. Says, someone needs to be able to make sure that happens.
3: Yeah, I mean, and, and yeah. none of none of us are paid, so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. it's okay. But it's, a, it's all about
1: the accountability. Where do you like when you put when when you put together a plan and. It, you know, and say, "Hey, we've got this roadmap," and then you never meet it. Then calling out the fact that you never, you never meet your pl- your own plan means that there's a problem with accountability, and there's always going to be a problem with accountability. In open source and we j- have an extra projects.
3: problem with accountability in a in an open source project, yeah. where where it's perfectly okay for a core contributor to say, "Look, I don't have time to work on that feature this month." You know, yeah, because <laughs> right. I have because I have like a my real life work stuff is busy.
1: Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, I I I like the idea of having something some kind of middle ground where, you know, people can discuss and have um I I don't I don't like the complete free for all that the PHP development process is, the PHP internals, you know. Um but uh I do like the idea of, of at least having a, a resource to say, Hey, this is where Symphony is and this is the direction you know i i don't know if this is like a um, the same kind of thing but um these are the things that we're looking at over the next few years that way if you know like if you have something because everybody this is kind of to your observation uh tobias earlier you know everybody's motivated by their own self-interest so what is somebody self-interested to get something done In an open source you know uh project people are or self-interested to get stuff done that they need. So if somebody's going, hey, you know, does Symphony have this, right? And they look at it and they go, Symphony doesn't have this. Well, if somebody's working on it somewhere, because there's been some group inside Symphony that said, we would like to work towards these objectives, but we don't have a roadmap. If you'd like to work on them to assist us, that kind of thing, right? You know, then you could maybe get together with some other people that want to work on it at the same time, put together the project and then get something done and then you can take it off the roadmap because it's something that was already worked on and you knew that so was, there are other people that kind of signed up for it you know um
0: well, that's been happening those are things that were inter-
1: they were interested in that's
0: been happening yeah i anything know anything.
1: it's been yeah. it's been happening anyway but it, right. is, does that happen within symphony or does it happen within groups like a slack session you know like is there a way for me to go and, and say hey what is symphony interested in
0: well, in take the looking at you know take the in Symphony the future. CMF project as an example yeah
1: that's basically that's a f- full-blown project I mean that's already been going on for years hasn't it sure well I'm talking about like these new objectives that haven't been done
0: well I mean that that was just an example of a project that actually formed that way some people oh, okay. wanted to, oh. to to use Symphony to do content management and they got together and started a mailing list I believe and then that that uh escalated quickly into the symphony cmf project right but that's well, kind
1: I mean,
3: of an isolated it, at a incident point, sure
1: yeah at a certain point ever every project in symphony was like that and what i'm saying is having somewhere where you can go and say hey you know i'd like to contribute I, and this is something i don't think I, I don't think i've ever found an open source project like that comes from the like beginner to the process of contributing to open source code like this is how you do it um you know, like from the beginning through to actually doing stuff, like interacting with, you know, things like that. But saying, Hey, this is how you this is how you can get involved. If you want to work on one of these projects, these are some other people that are also interested in them. You know, just somewhere like a central place. I know that the the connect is supposed to be something like that, but um I've always felt like there was something missing kind of in the middle of Symphony that kinda really worked to bring people together i guess i don't know
0: <clears throat> yeah i can sort of see what you're
3: what you're getting at no yeah it makes i i definitely get it. i definitely see it yeah um so for a while we were doing symphony core meetings um we stopped doing them just uh for the time being just because it turns out that you don't always need there's not always something to discuss um but what was coming out of those meetings, which were public though it was mostly attended by the just the core team um was kind of this list of initiatives and there was no deadline put to them because you know every, you know there's no guarantee that somebody's gonna have time to, to work on stuff, but we would sort of have these like six to ten things that were in the kind of short to mid term of like nice to haves things that we would like to do if we could only find somebody to champion them All right. So, yes. a, so a, a you know,
2: short-term the, wish list
3: yeah exactly short-term w- wish list um or even maybe some of them were uh longer term um i think that fabian mm-hmm. is is never likes to plan too long term because of how uncertain things are and again because like you have to be really careful if, if you put yourself out there like w- we are going to do x then yeah you know then, then people you get like upset have to if you don't do it n- yeah, yeah, people get super upset, and it's one thing if you're making, like, tons of money as a company, you can make those promises, but if you're not, then, then you can't. Yeah. Uh, but there were and, some people in and- the group that even wanted to have, like, longer-term uh, uh, things kind of on that, um, whatever list you call it, kind of priority list or short-term wish list. So I think that's, a, that's an interesting idea. It, it sort of avoids the responsibility of having, like, roadmap, right? We all know roadmap is something that will have dates on it but this other kind of idea doesn't have those things, but at least um, necessitates means that you, you had a conversation about it and you have an ongoing conversation about the things that would be important going into the future. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think with that, we, uh, we, we probably should finish up the episode because we've been uh, talking for almost an hour. Nice. Yes. So, this episode of Sound of Symphony is coming to an end. The show is produced by Magnus Nordlander, Tobias Nyholm, Ryan Weaver, and Jared Farish. Visit
2: our
3: website soundofsymphony.com and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And thanks to our sponsors, Fervo, Happier, Campy University, and Dialogues Apps Incorporated. Fervo is a Symphony consulting business. Happier develops a platform for fair recruitment. Camp University provides Symphony and PHP tutorials, and Dialogs Apps is a web application services company.
2: Our music, cool intro and cool vibes, is provided by Kevin MacLeod at incompetech.com.
0: It is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution license, and thank you, Kevin. And Symphony is a registered trademark of Fabian Potensier in the European Union and other countries. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored by it, nor affiliated with Fabian Potensier.
1: We're back next month with more Sound of Symphony.